What's up, everyone? I'm your host, JJ Rivera, and welcome to 305 Culture, a podcast where you'll feel the heat. Now let's get down to business and talk some Miami Heat basketball. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of 305 Culture. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, Knock a Few Buck, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, and At The Buzzer. Plus our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, JJ Rivera, and welcome to 305 Culture, a show where you feel the heat. Let's get down to business and talk so Miami Heat basketball. So, uh, before we review the Heat's week, you might be wondering why I sound so strange. It's just that I had an issue with my mic, but we're recording here in the, like we were recording in the beginning with just my trusty, the trusty mic from my headphones. So let's get to it. The Miami Heat went one and three on the week with losses, with two of those losses coming to the Pacers and one of those losses coming to the Grizzlies and a lone win coming against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, before we get into the into the games as a whole, I want to discuss the Trevor Reese acquisition. First off, I want to welcome Trevor Reese to Miami. I think he'll serve us, he'll serve the team very well, particularly for a playoff run. Since you know, most the uh, the you know this is probably a, a an acquisition to counter Brooklyn, since it gives uh, it gives us some versatility. On the defensive end, you're not going to stop Brooklyn, but if you can slow them down, then then it's fair game. So Trevor Ariza might might be the one who guards either Katie or Harden for a brunt of the minutes of the game before closing out the the game with Jimmy guarding him, guarding or, or even Trevor Ariza just staying with him. That's this is more of a move for the future. Now, what did we give up? We just gave up Myers Leonard, who was in Berlin controversy after he said some comments that we're not going to discuss here they were very hurtful comments to the to a particular group and you know off off he goes to Oklahoma City and he'll and the team it, it is expected that he'll be waived and we give up a 2027 second round pick so all in all a pretty good a pretty good trade I would say Arisa hadn't played this year he hadn't played in almost I think in a full year since he opted out of the bubble he, you know, he scored five points in the in the f- last game against the Pacers, so it's nice. But it's mostly brought in here to make some threes and play some defense while giving the others a rest. And he fits seamlessly into Miami's switching defensive scheme, and that helps a lot. So let's get into the Heat-Caps game. The first quarter, Bam is back. He missed the past four games due to knee tendonitis. He looked pretty good. So in the first the first possession of the game, as it has been the trend most of the season, the first the first offensive possession of the game for the Miami Heat, get it get Duncan Robinson involved, and it worked this time. 
off the ball screen by Kendrick Nunn, frees Duncan for an open layup, and off we go. The Cavs, they went down by J.B. Bickerstaff called a really quick timeout with about 53, I think it was like a minute in, and he called a timeout because, you know, the, the Heat made a couple of open jump shots and the Cavs were looking a bit disjointed. So the after a timeout, Cleveland went on a 9 to nothing run, run, which prompted Spo to call a timeout after Sexton beat Kenrick Nunn off the dribble. And then after the timeout, the Heat responded. Jimmy responded with an and one. But however, the Cavs were getting a lot of open layups, for particularly for Jared Allen, who I think is leading the league in field goal percentage at 66%, something like that. It's ridiculous. But since, you know, Miami switches a lot and Bam is not exactly pretty tall, and then you get Olenek in the back line, something stuck against a guy like Jared Allen, and he's going to finish those layups. The Cavs were doing a pretty good job doing doing that, not only for Jared Allen, but for their other players. Isaac Okoro was benefiting from that too. And, you know, on the offensive end, there was a possession where Jimmy set a pick and he he just cut to the basket. You know, instead of selling the full pick, the, the defense trapped the ball handler and he darted to the lane, to the basket, and he got a layup. So Jimmy got back-to-back layups in that first quarter. And the Cavs started to double Jimmy. So And Jimmy, being a really good passer as he is, he started to find open teammates. There was a D-Wade playing down in Miami in that game. And that brought up brought back some memories. It was weird seeing a, a Wade on the Cavs jersey. We're not going to discuss what Dwayne Wade's stint with the Cleveland Cavaliers instead. This was Dean Wade. A shooter for the Caps, a pretty good one at that too. The Heat had executed the, the defense in a particular possession where they forced Chetty Osman to shoot a a wild shot at the end of the of the shot clock, but nobody boxed out since they were so keyed in on on the perimeter that McGee grabbed the offensive rebound and he got a free layup. Iggy got a corner three, ending the quarter. Felt like he was autumn. It feels like this year he's been pretty good from that spot. I would like to I'll have to look up his percentages. The Heat are started off perfect from 3, 5 for 5. And they enter, they close out the first quarter with a 37 to 26 lead. The offense was flowing in that quarter as, you know, as the score might reflect. And the Heat have been struggling from on the offensive end all season long, but you know, facing a bad team does wonders for your for your confidence. In the second quarter, however, the turnovers led the Cavs into the game. The Cavs had 15 points off turnovers by the second quarter. So the the turnovers put the Cavs within striking distance, but the offense picked it up again. Hero found and one. Excuse me. Hero got an and one off a of bam find. The rebounds, however, were killing us as, as they have been all season long. And when you get a front court of, of Jared Allen and JaVale McGee, you're going to get we're against Kelly Olenek and Bam Adebayo, you're probably going to get out-rebounded. Something that uh, some Heat that some heat Twitter users noted, Bam was playing more with the second unit. I, I mean, it's been a trend for the past, for the it's going gonna, it's gonna to become a trend now since Bam was out for a, for a bit, but now Bam was playing with the second unit and Jimmy and Kelly came in simultaneously. Jared Allen Kendrick Nunn had some had some bad luck against Jared Allen because he tried to dunk it over Jared Allen, and you know 
Jared Allen has blocked Giannis and LeBron on dunk attempts. The guy is not afraid. So I think Kendrick Nunn, you know, him being on the shorter side and him not being absolutely no, absolutely nowhere near LeBron or Giannis, I think it was a bit ill-advised to try to dunk against Jared Allen, one of the premier shot blockers in the league. But, you know, kudos to him for trying. Hero ruined a fast break opportunity for Miami. He threw it. He tried to get too cute with the ball and he threw the ball out of bounds. The a turnover in the pass. None got blocked again in the paint. And the turnovers were a pretty big issue in that in the in the second quarter. However, in the offensive end and well in the defensive end, I should say, the Cavs, the the Heat held their own. And there was a possession where Jimmy stole Nancy's lunch. I, I think it was the it's been a he's done that a couple of times. I remember in a magic game he did that against Vucevic where the big man stands in the block and Jimmy just comes from behind and snatches the ball away and gets a a, a free basket. And you know, this might be our I think this was our best offensive half of the season. Not our best shooting half, but I think overall our best offensive half. In the third quarter, you know, the game got pretty out of got pretty out of hand for, for the Cavs. The he went ahead by by a bunch. Kendrick made his first two shots of the half. It's important to get Kendrick going because Kendrick has been struggling a lot in the past couple of games. After having a scorching hot month of February, he has been pretty bad this month. Kelly had an alley-oop dunk. Can we, can, can we get more of those, please? Kelly Olenek jumping, uh, getting up there and getting an alley-oop dunk. That was a, that was a surprise. Yes, he, he doesn't do that that often. Bam got really up there to get a to get a block, and you know, I think the highlight of the quarter was Jared Allen absolutely destroying Bam's dunk attempt. As I mentioned before, he has he has blocked LeBron James and Giannis Antetokounmpo, so you know he he he's shown he's not afraid of of just swatting your stuff away, and you know, D Wade was a bit on fire for. for on, was a bit of uh, was a bit on fire down in Miami, bring us back to some good times, and Jimmy was driving to the basket at will in that quarter. So the quarter ended ninety five ninety seventy six Miami, and the game, you know, the fourth quarter the Cavs made a bit of a run. McGee and Allen were that in the quarter they were they were the no fly zone and they made the paint the no fly zone. Hero would try to be more active offensively and defensively, move, moving his hands a bit. There was a a moment where there was a K- Kelly, KZ, Hero, and Goron lineup on the floor. So that was pretty interesting. However, KZ exited the game pretty, you know, he, he didn't get much of a run in that lineup. The Cavs made a bit of a run, but, you know, Bam made an end one. And by the way, Bam got to 3,000 career points, so con- congrats to him. That's a pretty, that's a pretty nice milestone. And here's to an Really, you a really long and excellent career. And Jimmy and Bam exited the the game, got over, and the Heat won one thirteen two ninety eight. Now, hot stuff. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna try to do this every for every game. Hot stuff for the Heat. Forty nine point five percent from the field, thirty assists. That was pretty good. A pretty good offensive game for the for the Heat. Cold stuff, however, thirteen turnovers for the for the Heat throughout the whole game. Most of them came in the second quarter, and only th- ten three pointers made. So after that scorching hot start from three in the first quarter, Miami made five three pointers in total for the rest of the game, and that's a trend that continued th- throughout the week. The Heat struggling mightily shooting from three, 
And it's been very weird because last season, last season we were one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league, and now we're one of the worst. And some people like to, you know, Duncan Robinson, I remember Nikai Duncan mentioned it a couple of weeks ago on the Locked on Heat podcast, but he essentially said that this was gonna. Ha- we should expect this from Duncan Robinson. He has, he's not a bad shooter by any means. He's a still a really good shooter. But last season he had one of the best shooting seasons in NBA history, and it was and it that's not hyperbole. He actually did have that. I think he had. Nikai's mentioned that he had the most efficient catch and shoot three point shooting season ever recorded. So you know, unless you expected him to become an all time great shooter, which he still can, but you know. It's really hard to do that, and particularly when defenses are game planning specifically for you. It's going to be hard, and still shooting about 38% from deep, which is still pretty good. The regression, however, has been pretty bad from Kelly and Tyler Hero. Hero should get, maybe it's a sophomore slump, maybe he's just going through a bit of a funk. But you know, he's shooting, there was the infamous stat that appeared on Twitter. That Tyler Hero is shooting worse from three than Russell Westbrook. Because Westbrook suddenly is on fire. But yeah, that's that's of note. Kelly has Kelly's three-point jump shot has not fallen a lot this season, save for that one New Orleans game last week. But you know, I mean pre- before the All-Star game, I should say. Feels like that wasn't last week, that was a pre- couple couple of weeks ago. But yeah, Kelly has struggled a bit shooting the ball. However, his contributions have come in other facets of the game, as I have mentioned before. Now let's move on to the Heat and the Grizzlies game. Second night of a back-to-back, fifth game in seven nights. This is a trap game. Well, not a trap game, I should say, a scheduled loss for the Heat. And that it became... However, the Heat were very... They were very close to winning. And the late game, the late game execution was what killed them in this one. Let's start with the, in the first quarter. Jimmy was playing despite turning his ankle the night before. It was the second night of a back-to-back, as I mentioned. And the offense started off really, really slowly. They they didn't have a field goal after the first four minutes of the game. And Bam made one. Then Jimmy got go got going for a bit. And Duncan made a three. And all of a sudden, it was a 7 to nothing run. That's how things work in the NBA. Suddenly, you get hot and you change your fortunes. Duncan had a reverse dunk. I remember the possession. Grayson Allen was overplaying him in the perimeter. So Duncan just cut to the basket and bam, found him. And he had a reverse dunk. That was pretty cool to see. So Bam was finding cutters all over the place. And he found Kelly for another cut. Precious came in after not playing the previous game. This is where Memphis was where he played his college ball. And Precious has been struggling a lot lately. And... He's been floated around in trade rumors. The deadline is on Thursday. We're gonna next week. We're gonna discuss what the Heat did and what the league at large did during the trade deadline. But you know, it's it's precious. I don't want to trade. I'm not saying I want. I want to trade him, but he has been. He has struggled a bit. So I hope he gets it back together. It was the first game for Justice against Miami since he got traded in that fateful trade of the last season. And he had been out for a while after after that injury that he suffered. So it was good to see him back in action. Jimmy had a four-point play in the first quarter. However, I don't think, you know, in the moment it seemed like, yeah, we're good. That seems pretty good. But that was actually, 
not good because Jimmy shot a lot of threes, which usually means that the other guys are not getting good shots to to fall. So, actually, the Heat defense, the the Heat offense, I should I should credit the Grizzlies defense because that the Heat were not getting good shots, and they only scored twenty one in that first quarter. The second quarter went a bit been much better for Miami. Miami started trapping trapping the ball handler at the top of the key. Bam had a huge dunk. But the Grizzlies offense started to wake up too. They had they had 25 points in that first quarter, but you know, they started to wake up a bit themselves. Overall, they scored less in their first quarter, but there was a moment there where it looked looked a bit like they were waking up. Kendrick made a 3 finally. He needs to see those go in. He should just keep shooting it. That's the only way you're going to get out of the slump. When you all you need to see is a couple of them go in and off you go. Kelly didn't play that much. Ex- Kelly didn't play that much in this game because of a, the foul trouble, and that hurt a lo- our offense a lot. Max Drus came in for the first time in a while. He hadn't played in a couple of games, and he immediately made a three. So that's good to see from a guy. He oh he's always ready. By the way, Iggy didn't play in this game. So Precious was really struggling against Brandon Clark. He got blocked twice in the same quarter by the same guy. And Precious, he couldn't get anything to go. He finally got one to go of a Gorham pass. And Brandon Clark was everywhere in that quarter. He blocked Jimmy as well. But Jimmy made another three. But the three-pointers overall were not falling for Miami. And, you know, Struss, he got a, he had a good cut to the basket. And that was a, that's how he offense runs. And Miami entered entered the second close the first half with a 47 to 46 lead. Now in the third quarter, KC started the second half because of Kelly's foul trouble. Duncan made a very, very deep three. As I have as I mentioned, I think a week ago or a couple of weeks ago, Duncan looks like he's expanding his range and stretching the defense out even further. At some point the defense the defense is just gonna get stretched out so much that the other guys are gonna they're gonna be essentially playing four and four. So the offense started to wake up a bit in that first quarter. In that third quarter, Jimmy took a lot of threes than usual. Took much more threes than usual that night, and he got to. But he was getting to the basket at will, and he fueled a twenty-one to nine run for Miami. However, the Heat scored only sixteen points in that quarter. Ten of them came from Jimmy, so that's not exactly. That's not. That's not good. Because the Grizzlies offense was flowing, but the Heat offense was not. And the Grizzlies defense, I should keep crediting crediting them. They were really good that night. Brandon Clark in particular was just blasting every every Chua shot. And and people could not come near him. Casey got crossed the heck up by John Morant. We had a man down. And it was it was not pretty. That third quarter was really bad, and Memphis entered the fourth quarter with a seventy-two to sixty-three lead. Kelly finally came in, in the fourth quarter. Duncan got really struggled. I think it was mostly just tired legs. Second night of a back-to-back, and they had to travel for that game. That was pretty, you know. That's gonna suck for your offense. Casey blocked Valanciunas, and it was a block. Valanciunas was shooting was gonna get a layup. And Casey came out of nowhere and just swatted that stuff away. Casey's got a couple of 
couple of those, you know, he's, he's got really long arms and he's finally knowing where to where to be. So that's that was good to see. And uh, Jimmy had a, you know, the offense in this quarter was fueled mostly by our defense. You know, the, I mentioned the KC block. Jimmy plays the passing lanes in an outstanding manner. Nobody plays the passing lanes better than Jimmy Butler. Both teams went really cold from deep. I saw a staff from the broadcast that the Heat and the and the Grizzlies were shooting around 15% or 14% from deep in that quarter. That's pretty bad. Hero tied the game at 83 with a layup. However, and the Heat had a had a couple of chances to get the lead, but they couldn't. The offense just simply could not get there. DeAnthony Melton got an offensive rebound up for everybody. He got up there to get it, and he got fouled. He made both free throws, and Goran got fouled as well on the other end, and he tied the game at 85. Now here comes the John Morant game winner. Jimmy played Morant too tightly. He was basically, he was on him from half court. John Morant is, is one of the quickest players in the NBA. Bam was guarding Clark really far out. I know Clark is a three-point threat, and I know that he Clark started to roll to the rim, so Bam I guess he had to make a decision whether to jump early or to stay with Clark. Hey, but I guess you go all out to stop the drive because Kelly was was nearby and making a pass with Jimmy on him. That was pretty difficult. But again, hindsight is twenty twenty. So you know when you got the benefit of hindsight, that's you're gonna see all the mistakes, but. In the, in the moment, it's pretty hard. And particularly in an NBA game, it's pretty hard to make those type of decisions. Uh, I hated the final offensive possession for the Heat where Bam just chucked it up to Bim, to Jimmy for uh, an attempt at a lob. Miami still had another timeout. Maybe he could have taken it. But Kyle Anderson cut off. You know, the Grizzlies defended it really well, that, that play. Bam should have called timeout, but whatever. It was, it was a scheduled loss. We could have won, but... It was just a bad game. Everybody has bad games. The next two games, however, are much more concerning. Let's talk about the hot stuff for this game. Only 10 turnovers, which is nice, helped Memphis to 35% shooting and only 89 points. The Heat defense once again stifling. Cold stuff. 36% from the field for Miami. Only 8 three-pointers made and they shot 23.5% from... That is not... That's, some, that's bad offense. The Heat are a bad offensive team and they have been all season long. After the break, we're going to discuss the two Pacers games and we're going to also discuss those Kyle Lowry to Miami rumors. So stick around for more 305 Culture Talk. Hey, hoopheads. We all hate ankle sprains and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. A 
And we're back. Okay, let's discuss the two Pacers games, which were not pretty. Okay, a Pacers game number one. It was her first encounter with the Indiana Pacers after the first round sweep. Not a, not exactly a great game for the Miami Heat. Gave up a lot of points, 137 points, which is unusual for one of the stingiest, the stingiest defense in the league in the last 15 or so games. And let's get to it. This game, there's not a lot to talk about for this one, but, you know, let's just discuss it. Bam scored the first four points of the game. None continues struggling. He shot a, a three that went out the side of the rim. That was not good. The offense for Miami from the at the beginning of the quarter was not just there. But Jimmy, Jimmy once again the one constant, and one for him. And he got the offense. He got the offense going. He gets a lot of hand ones, and that's been that's basically the. That's basically what makes our offense go. Jimmy Butler and his and ones. Killy, Loki has been struggling a lot lately from deep. And, but Jimmy kept drawing fouls on those reds, which is what kept the offense afloat. Trevor Ariza came in. He made his heat debut in this game. He didn't score a point. But, you know, he, he was pretty good. He he defended. He was, he, it was his first game in over a year, so, you know. He didn't need to get his legs under him because he was in great condition when he came in here to Miami, which is, you know, a big part of the Heat culture. But he he didn't provide a lot on offense. He Well, he did find a BAM for a, for, with an arena nice pass for a BAM layup. And the offense came around at the end of the quarter. But Indiana led 32-30 at the conclusion of that quarter. Second quarter, the TJ McCollum quarter. That... Yeah. A couple of nights ago, he had, I think, 10 steals, for, which is close to an NBA record. And now he played outstanding this game. He, he's got particularly this, I noticed this game that he's got this this really cool go-to move, which is basically like he's falling forward, but he's pretty close to the paint. But he gets the defense like on his back, and he makes that shot seemingly every time. Miami started wild from nine from three. That's not good. Jimmy had to come in to revitalize the offense, but by then it was too late. Gabe Vincent came in. You know, Goran did not play in this game. McConnell was outstanding, and they, at least the Heat were making their free throws, which is not uh, not like that Orlando game, which in they which they shot very poorly from the line. Vincent drained a couple of threes, and the Heat won a little bit of a run there, but the Heat defense was torn to shreds. It was really weird because the Heat offense is what has kept them back most season, for most of the season. But now it's the Heat defense in this game. But the Pacers were locked in. They want revenge for the for the first round sweep. And you know, something to note. The Miami Heat have lost at least the first game to every single Eastern Conference playoff opponent they faced last season. So they lost in big fashion to Milwaukee early on in the season. It was the, the record-breaking Bucks game, which they made a hell of a lot of three-pointers. You know, they lost their first game, but at least Miami came back to beat them on that second game against the Bucks. They lost to the Celtics the first time on that Peyton Pritchard game winner, and now they got torn, torn to shreds by the Indiana Pacers. So those three teams, they want revenge. At least the Heat beat the Lakers. You know, they, they came at them with everything they had. And, you know, speaking of the Lakers, let's hope LeBron gets well. 
because he suffered a high right high ankle sprain, and you know even Le- even LeBron, even he he's superhuman sometimes, but a high ankle sprain that's not good. He's gonna miss at least a, almost a month with that. So anyway, Indiana ended the half had sixty eight to fifty eight, and you know. The third quarter didn't go too hot for Miami. Kendrick at least had seven straight points. He saw that one three-pointer go in, and he got a bit of, bit of confidence started driving the ball. He made, made another basket. Duncan, however, was the one that could not buy a basket. Hero came in. He scored. That's what he's there for. Jimmy, again, brilliant. At least he only had seven turnovers up to that point, but the paces were hot, hot from deep, I tell you. And the quarter ended 99-82 Indiana and nothing changed from that quarter to the fourth. There was not much to write home about that quarter. The Pacers stayed hot. The Heat could score a bit, but you know, 110 to 137. Pacers win. Hot stuff for this game. All the love and turnovers for the Heat in this game. So go team. Cold stuff. The Pacers shot 58% from the field and allowed 20. Three pointers to the Indiana Pacers, and they got massively uh, rebounded, forty-seven to thirty-six. The Pacers thoroughly outplayed the Miami Heat in that game. Now let's go to Heat Pacers Part Two. You know, Pacers won this one too, but it was it was much much closer than the previous game. The offer started off much better for Miami than it did in the last game. Precious came in after not getting. Menace in the last game. Precious has been has been getting inconsistent playing time. Sometimes Spo likes to play Silva, and now with Orisa in play, Precious minutes might get even. Precious might see his DNPs rack up. So let's hope that he that he keeps developing. Vincent came. You know, Vincent has played the last two game, playing those last two games, and he was pretty. He's active on defense as well. And he made some. He made his threes, which was the the part that was hurting the team. Which was he was burning as a as a shooter, but he wasn't shooting the ball well, which is ironic. Iggy came in. He missed the past couple of games, but he finally came in. Bam posterized Batatsi, and you know Miami ended the quarter thirty two to ahead thirty two to twenty six. The second quarter, Vincent again very good in his minutes in that game. He made another three. Iguodala's hands, amazing. Absolutely amazing. And Bam made a fallaway. Bam had a couple of, of highlight plays in that game. He made a fallaway jump shot with Sabonis all over him. And I mean all over him. It was almost a three. It was pretty from, it was pretty far out. Orisa came in. Miami had, a, there was a position where Miami had four straight offensive rebounds. And they came with a big fat zero points. It's just the the the, court, the threes were not falling for the Heat again. Hero was inefficient once again, and you know not even not even not and nobody could make could buy a bucket. Threes were falling for Miami, but on the other, for, I mean for Indiana, but Miami on the other hand was not good from deep. The drought continued in that in that second quarter, and man, Miles Turner, uh, shout out to my friend to my friend Mark Schindler. He has mentioned a couple of times before, Mark Miles Turner should be in the in the conversation for a defensive player of the year. 
outstanding paint defender. I know people are concentrating mostly on Ben Simmons and Rudy Gobert, which should be a that race should be a fun one. Unlike last season, where it was basically Giannis, we all know, oh, we all agree that oh yeah, it's it's Giannis. And by the way, Giannis is quietly having a ter- another terrific season. But since the Bucks' last two seasons ended in such disappointment, well, I guess they're losing a bit of national attention. But with with the two MVP frontrunners going down. The MVP race is suddenly wide open. I can't remember oh, an MVP race that's as wide open as this one this late in the season. So that should put that should allow Damian Lillard, Nikola Jokic, James Harden, and, and Giannis Antetokounmpo to maybe snag the award. Right now, Jokic is the front runner with Embiid and James out. But don't rule out either Damian Lillard or James Harden. I know James Harden has been, you know, he got traded and most of the, he started technically playing for the Nets in January. But man, he has been terrific ever since he got to the Nets. And, you know, his MVP case might get my big heart deans. You know, he basically threw a towel down in Houston. But look at the numbers. He has been brilliant with the Nets. Let's keep talking about the Heat-Paces game. The ga- the Heat offense, not unsurprisingly, was sputtering. But the Heat defense was much better in this game, so the game was still close. And Bam had one of the best dunks anyone's had this season over Sabonis. Sabonis basically was just standing there trying to take a charge. And it was initially called a charge, but Sabonis was still moving. And thank goodness for instant replay. For you know, for the replay review. Because it was it counted. The dunk counted. So now it can officially be put in the end of the year dunk top 10 dunks of the season. I hope that nobody else had a pass much better dunk than Bam because that dunk was pretty good. Heat dunk of the season so far. Bam made another long two to end the shot clock and the Heat somehow went were ahead by one at one point. Orisa scored his first points as a Heat player. They He scored his first five points as a Heat player in this game. But Indiana ended the quarter 79 ahead, 79 to 70. The fourth quarter, the pay, the Pacers' second unit thoroughly outplayed the Heat's second unit by a mile. That between T.J. McCollum, Doug McDermott, Jeremy Lamb, those guys really good. Bam had an and one. He was really aggressive in this game. He finished with twenty nine. The Heat cut the lead down to four at one point, and Hero shot a boneheaded three to try to win the game. I know that Hero is a guy that's known for going to for the kill shot, but. He has struggled a lot this season, and I don't really like to see him shoot those threes to end the game. Jimmy got fouled, and we were down one, so we had a he, he had a chance to put us ahead, but he missed the second one, so we went to overtime. It seemed it was it seemed like Miami was on the way to victory with the five straight points, and uh, he were playing excellent defense. But Justin Holiday, random heat killer, made two straight bombs, and he put the Pacers up ahead. Bam had a big slam, but the Pacers won 109-106. Hot stuff for Miami. Held Indiana to 38% shooting, and the Miami Heat had 51 rebounds, which has been an issue all season long. Cold stuff. Only made 9 three-pointers for the whole game, and they shot 24% from deep, and 14 turnovers. You're not going to win a lot of games, turn the ball over that much, and while shooting that poorly. Now let's award a Heat Player of the Week before we address 
before we look at the week ahead and address the Kyle Lowry Detroit rumors. Heat player of the week. I struggle a bit with this one, but I, in the spirit of keeping the award interesting and Jimmy not being absolutely brilliant like he has been the past four weeks, I give it a bam. He returned without skipping a beat. He averaged 19.5 points per game, 9.7 rebounds per game, and 4.7 assists per game. We all know he had that blunder, those two blunders in the, in the, the end of the Grizzlies game, but he was still pretty, really good in the, during the week. Now let's take a look at the week ahead. It's a pretty tough week. Phoenix on Tuesday, Blazers on Thursday, that's a national TV game, and at Charlotte on Friday. Now, let's do best case scenario, worst case scenario, and realistic case scenario. I just made that up. Best case scenario, I would say a 2 and one week. Worst case scenario, I would say, you know, 0 and 3 Charlotte, Charlotte could, could play us really well. They don't have Lamelo Ball now. Since he's out indefinitely, he fractured his right wrist. But these are some very good clubs facing the Heat this week. I'm going to settle for the realistic and probably my final prediction. I am going to say 2-1. I think we can beat the Blazers on Thursday and, and the Hornets on Friday. Phoenix, 2 but the Suns are a buzzsaw right now. Now let's address those Kyle Lowry trade rumors. Shams Sherani of The Athletic reported that the Heat and the Philadelphia 76ers are the front runners to land Kyle Lowry. Now that has sent Heat Twitter to shambles. That some, some are on the trade for Lowry camp. Others are not. Let's look at both sides. Kyle Lowry is about to turn, I think he's already, he's about to turn this week 35 years old. He's a small point guard. Put a lot of mileage in his body. But he has been excellent this season. He would be the best three-point shooter on the Heat right now in terms of percentages if he gets to, if he were to get traded here. Now, he's an expiring contract. He's big, he has a big salary. But it gives you flexibility for the future. Probably have to give up Iguodala and Kelly to make the salaries match. Plus, either one of Duncan, Tyler, or Precious. Probably Kendrick. I don't well, I don't know if the Raptors won Kendrick. But that would create a hole at power forward if we give up Kelly and Iggy. I think Iguodala is really important, but particularly in a in a Nets series. And if we stay if the Nets go up to first seed and the Heat stay in that four to five range, which is which seems like the likely scenario, they're gonna they're going to face the Nets in the second round, assuming the, assuming the Heat make it to the second round. And Iguodala's de- perimeter defense is very valuable in a series like that. However, his salary is what makes the whole thing work. Now, the positives. He would be outstanding. Kyle Lowry would be really, uh, it would be great to have another ball handler. Somebody suggested also that Dragic would get traded. I don't think Goran's going to get traded. He's a heat lifer. So, that being said, having another ball handler like in of Kyle Lowry's caliber, he's still really good, and he can provide a ton of. He can provide really good defense. He can shoot, and that will be the the heat. Will, that will be a dog team. That will, will be tough as nails for for this heat team. 
I am on team. I want to trade for Kyle Lowry camp. There will be a move. They needs there needs to be a move, and the power forward thing. I know it's not very popular. I don't love it, but you know, it's not it's not gonna be. There's not gonna be a lot of options out there in the buyout market, but the rumors rumors circulating are that the most likely destination if if Lamarcus Aldridge were to get bought out are the Miami Heat. The Heat showed interest in him when he was a free agent. So, yeah, those are the rumors for right now. Let next week this it's gonna be all over. Well, not the bio market because then we have the bio market, but the trade rumors at least will be over. Let's see what the Heat do from here to Thursday. Now the Heat, how did they finish this week? Twenty fifth in offensive rating, sixth in defensive rating, twenty sixth in turnovers per game. 17th and three-pointers made per game and 25th in rebounds per game. So I guess that's an improvement in one area. Nice to see some improvement, although stayed the same on offense and got a bit worse on defense. So thank you for listening to the 305 Culture Show. Subscribe to our feed wherever you get your podcast and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at 305CulturePod. You can also follow us on TikTok now. Listen on Dash Radio via the Nothing But Net Station every Wednesday at 3 a.m. Wear your mask, keep your distance, and watch the NBA. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the 305 Culture Podcast. Subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at 305 Culture Pod. Wear your mask, keep your distance, and watch the NBA. See you next week.